0: hello guys welcome to another episode of the arseholics thank you as always for tuning in uh we've had a number of complaints in the last week over uh the last couple of episodes so we've reverted back to the original host raj do you want to offer an apology or anything
1: you've got (laughs) a lot of people in your family and they're the only ones that complained (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, loads of cousins probably
2: the only ones that listen <laughs> i'm
0: just kidding i'm just kidding no
1: but um yeah how
0: are we doing lads anyway are you well
1: really good yeah good looking forward to saturday it's my first home game of the season isn't it
2: yeah pre-season's done you know pre-season wasn't very good <laughs> exactly. and we start I mean, we start starts. on norwich yeah with norwich Well, you give everyone a 9.8 star. (laughs) Um,
0: So before we, uh, I guess, get into the game on Saturday, obviously, during the international break, um, the transfer window closed last week. Um, We had a pretty busy window, but let's have a chat about how we thought it went. There was one deadline day move. Um, We obviously signed, in terms of incomings, uh, signed a right back. Uh, Tommy Asu, I think his name is. Probably pronounced that wrong, so apologies. And obviously, Hector Bellerin uh, leaving on loan to Betis. Oh, Poland have just equalised in the injury time. Sorry, just recording while the England game's on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just, just thoughts in general, guys. I mean, yeah, I guess one of the key ones that we probably haven't discussed is obviously, is obviously that deal, the, the right-back deal. Uh, what do you guys know about the player? Are you, are you happy uh, that we've signed him? Did you think right-back was a, an area we needed to Improve on assuming he is an improvement.
1: I, um, I was surprised. I definitely thought it was a position we needed to sign. I think you know, when we talked before the season started, I, I wanted ideally a right back to come in. Um, but i had never heard of him until the summer, to be honest. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't follow Serie A, and I only heard of him when Tottenham were linked with him at the beginning of the window. Um, and and then he kind of, that, that kind of went off, right? Like that, that kind of just did it out. And I never really thought, thought again about him. Um, but then obviously we signed him on deadline day and, um, what's interesting about it is I, I don't, I don't know if you guys, if I, I feel like we've chatted already about it slightly. So it feels like you guys are almost as, um, as clued up stroke clueless as I am on him. But what surprised me a little bit is I think we always talked right about how, through seeing the effectiveness of Tierney about how great it would be to have a player like that on the right-hand side, you know, almost like a Liverpool-esque having these two like kind of bombing fullbacks. And I think what's interesting about the Tommy Asu signing is allegedly he isn't that kind of right-back. He is more of an inverted uh, fullback. He's, he's more kind of one of those guys who's really well-equipped to kind of play in different areas of the pitch, whether that be towards central defence or central midfield, almost like a, dare I say it like how Cancelo is for Man City it's that type of um fallback which isn't you know the sort of fullback I thought we were going for
2: mm. yeah I I definitely had not heard of this guy before but I I quite like that um it just it's a bit of a throwback to the Wenger era where the one I remember is when we signed Oleg Luzhny and like to this day I don't know where he came from but I was just like all these random players that we used to sign, like even when Giroud rocked up, I'd never heard of Giroud and he became a household name. And I love the idea that we might be going back to, you know, making stars as opposed to buying them. Now he could turn out to be rubbish, but at least, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of a new signing. You have this hope that this, this guy could be an unearthed gem who we've just plucked out of relative obscurity. I know it's Syria and, yeah, I'm sure people who watch serial L probably know who he is, but I I really like that. Um but yeah, I I agree. I think um I like I also like the fact that he's you know he seems like a defender first. And, you know, whilst he's probably technically a good player, he's no, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold type fullback. He's gonna be a defender. And I've seen comparisons online to, you know, like Bakary Sanya, for example, just a defender who's just good at defending. And no one had any complaints about him, right? A big thing that I've read about him is is the technical side,
1: and apparently he's just yeah, incredibly yeah. technically proficient, right? I think there's this, um, you know, story about how when he was younger in Japan, and um, you know his academy, there was uh, effectively in the end he got invited to train with Barcelona at a very young age, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that didn't happen because of work permit issues, <laughs> but I think the point there was. You know, for Barcelona to want to take a very young player from Japan and or a young player from anywhere, they technically have to be you know superb. Um, So I think that that's really interesting. It sounds like he's just incredibly technically proficient and really smart and very intelligent. I like the fact that he's six foot two. You know, that's that's Mm. big. That's big for a a fullback, Um, but he plays centre back as well, right? So he he played centre back for Japan. Uh, the other day, um, yeah, a couple of days ago, with Yoshida in in uh, in central defence. So it's interesting because I, I I get the feeling that it's similar to Ben White. Um, Arteta seems to like players who can operate in different spaces. You know, I think that's the way that the the technical connoisseurs are like looking at it now. Less so about positions, more about proficiency in spaces and different areas of the pitch so i think those two players are similarly look like that white can play in yeah. different areas and, and tommy asu can as well It'd be really interesting that's, to not, see how that works that's out. not
2: necessarily a bad thing no right? no because if you know i th- it sounds like he's been brought to play right back for us and that's the assumption but you know if we did have an injury to a center back you know maybe he could drop in there and that play alongside ben white and that's that's not a bad thing we can play i think for japan he played left center back but then for Bologna, he played right centre back, um, and he can also play right back. So that's you know three positions where we have you know availability to just rotate and move around a bit. And I like I like that idea. And I, you know, let's hope he's you know, let's hope the quality is there, and he's as good as people make out. Because obviously, stepping up to the Premier League is going to be a a like a a big test for him. So let's hope he can step up.
0: Good, good, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like I mentioned, Bellerin obviously leaving. Well, it's not left the club; he's gone out on loan, but probably looks like his days are numbered um, at Arsenal, as we kind of expected. Is that loan deal with an obligation to buy us? Not, is it?
1: I think it's an option.
0: Option to buy. Okay. Yeah. Um. Quite. Quite. A, it's kind of a weird one and quite a sad one, isn't it? Really, because we've obviously followed him from, uh, well, from us kind of poaching him from Barcelona at a really young age and him breaking through into the first team and um like me and you were talking about this the other day other day Raj you know when he did break through and he took the chance that he had he um he really took it with both hands didn't he and he he really did look like he was going to go on to be kind of one of the best right backs in the league maybe even one of the best in Europe at the time and obviously injuries have maybe affected that like trajectory and maybe not the same player as he was but yeah quite quite a sad one as an Arsenal fan really to see him leave and it looks like his his Arsenal career is probably probably coming to an end in the next sort of twelve months, I guess.
2: I would never I mean never say never. <laughs> like when Kalasanac went on loan uh last last year, you never thought he'd be starting two games in a row for us at centre back or whatever. <laughs> so that's true. Bellerin could come. I mean, I think I do have an issue with some of the outgoing deals that we have done or haven't done. But actually Bellerin seems to me like a player who's value could really increase if he has a good year on loan. He's only 26, and isn't he? 26? Yeah. Is right? yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed like the market wasn't there for him this summer for whatever reason. Maybe it's COVID, maybe just, you know, this is a guy who's played right back for a relatively top-level Premier League side for seven, eight years. And, you know, that, that could... If you look at Chelsea selling someone like Kurt Zuma for 30 million you wouldn't put Bellerin as noticeably on a level below that, right? So we should be able to generate I don't a know good that. amount of money. Like, I mean, in terms of like experience, I mean, maybe technical ability, like defensive ability, obviously Zuma seems like a good defender, but yeah, Bellerin is a very experienced right back. Um, and he's still got five, six years to give a club and he's not terrible. So if he goes out on loan and can really find some form you know he's spanish playing in spain you know he's an attractive signing i don't know if they have homegrown rules there but he'll obviously fit in any criteria there possibly as well so um yeah i i like the fact that it's a loan because potentially we can hopefully get we either get a really good player coming back to us or hopefully we can get a decent return on him in a year's time
0: i i personally don't see him coming back to the club um Considering who we've just signed as well, you know, a young, a new young right back, obviously, like we said, he can play in different positions. But I think it's just one of these things where he needs a a fresh, um, a fresh challenge. I think it's just gone a bit kind of stale at Arsenal for him. He's obviously not really in favour with Arteta. So assuming Arteta is still the manager in a year's time. Um, and I think, I really do think his, his cruciate, I think it was a cruciate injury that really, really affected mm. him. And I just, I don't know, I think he might, he might really do really well in La Liga and that might just be kind of like the level for him as opposed to the Premier League. Um, interesting one to see what
1: happens. Because we try and be quite nice about it, right? And I think, you know, we obviously all regard Bellerin as someone who's been a great servant to the club for a, for a long period of time. But I think sometimes it, it it's just, it may just be as simple as he. He peaked quite early. He had an injury. He didn't recover from the injury, and then he just wasn't at the level required to be a Premier League right back. Well, Premier League right back, a team that's competing for for European places, right back. Because um, it's, you know, I, I don't know when to sound harsh, but you know, there's a, there's a few players in this squad that have been there. Throughout this decline, should we call, right? You know, from the kind of towards the back end of the Wenger era through the Emery era through like now to the other, you know, I feel that there's a lot of those players that we look at and we're quite harsh about. And I think Bellerin, because he just seems like a really, really good guy, quite a fan favorite from a kind of, I think, even a, you know, personal perspective, he just seems like a a really good character. I, I feel that, you know, maybe he gets away with it a little bit in that. No, without being harsh to him as an individual, I think maybe he's just not good enough for this club anymore. Maybe just not good at this level, and maybe you're right. Mize, I think goes to Spain, Betis. It seems like Betis is quite a nice club. Sometimes like some people like really recover their careers from there. It's quite, it's 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 not bad at all. That might go well. But I don't see him coming back, um, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned. And we've just got a lot of right backs anyway, right? So yeah. it's not like Kolasinac when he came back. Part of that's because he didn't have left backs. Mm, yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. Um, and then the other kind of surprising thing that happened, or the really interesting developments with um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles over the last few days of the transfer window and, and his <laughs> Instagram outburst, if we can call it, not outburst, but, you know, his post. Um, Instagram petulance. Petulance is a good way of putting it, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the, Did this happen before the last record? It happened.
1: We, we we discussed it, but it was very much at that point, uh, y- you know, what were the club going to do? And yeah, yeah. would he stay, would he go? Yeah.
0: Obviously, he's ended up staying. Um, bit of a U-turn, it looks like, from, from Arteta. Uh, I mean... With Maitland-Niles, he's obviously expressed his his desire to play central midfield. And we've obviously, again, we've just signed another right back. We've got loads of right backs on the books. Do you think that he's going to, do you think he's going to get minutes in, well, I was going to say in the Premier League, but do you think he's going to get minutes in in central midfield this season?
2: Not really. Not significant minutes, unless there's a big injury to Party and another midfielder. i yeah, I don't really see why, I don't really know why he's staying. I think he's just staying to, because maybe he, yeah, like I don't think he's going to get minutes at, in central midfield unless, you know, maybe cup games here and there. Um, but then right back, I can't see him getting minutes either. So it's a bit of a strange one why we didn't move him on. Um, unless just it was just the case that actually again, a bit like a couple of other players that the market wasn't there for them for whatever reason. And we just couldn't, you know, he's not out of contract next summer, so we can keep him for a year. Right. And maybe actually we give him five, six, seven games or even January, just see where the market's at and we can you know, find a move for him then. I think if he shows great character and, you know, almost backs up what clearly his
1: belief is in some ways, like I think he and and we're, you know I think we're making the assumption, which I think is probably the right assumption, that it is central midfield that he is likely to get minutes this season. I think when he does get those opportunities, let's just say they are few and far between. But when they come, he's got to just really, really take them because you know a good a good point was made by you know a lot of people who watched West Brom last season. He got a season. Well, you know I think it was he went in January, right? He got yeah. a a lot of games in central midfield in a Premier League side. And he really wasn't that good. Like he had, I think, a couple of really good performances, but overall he wasn't that good. So, you know, I I get the feeling he'll probably get his chance and he just has to really take them because when African nations come and, and we, we lose Thomas Partey and and we maybe lose Elneny, you know, if he's still at the club, I think there's some rumours around there. But the point is then it'll just potentially be Xhaka Lokonga and mm. him. Right, so you know, in that scenario, he's he's likely me- to at least get some minutes around then, and, and he's just got to take them. Um, but I, I agree. I can't remember which one of you said I agree around the maybe it just wasn't the market. I didn't agree with a lot of the fans who said, "Oh, come on, you just got to let him go," You're almost holding him hostage. No, at the end of the day, the, you know, the market has to pay what we what we want them to pay. It's it's just, yeah. it's just life.
0: I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago he was um, getting into the England squad, right? When uh, yeah. was
2: that? right as a right, right, back, back, a right yeah. back yeah or right wing back yeah. um
0: and obviously his value was probably at his highest then and we obviously didn't didn't cash in at the time or maybe the, the offers didn't come in i don't know but yeah i, I completely agree with that um so i mean look in, in terms of the window in general it's finally closed which is nice to be honest because we now know what we've got for the next four or five months um and there's no more kind of uh, well i say there's no more twitter rumors and um and all of that, but there will be pretty soon, I guess. Um, but in terms of how the window's gone overall for you guys, obviously a number of incomings, probably not as many departures as we expected and maybe hoped for. Uh, but yeah, like, what, what do you, what would you rate the window? How do you think it's gone for us?
2: I'm in terms of the players that we have bought in. We've bought in a, a goalkeeper who potentially could be a future number one. You'd certainly think a number one centre back in Ben White, a first choice right back, a backup left back, and uh a, a kind of future potential first first team midfielder in Lokonga. They're yeah, they're all good signings that you know are quite exciting. And you know, Edu talked in, in the media quite extensively over the past week about strategy and kind of this future of building young players who can get better. And I, I I, really like that idea. I think it's something that I've been calling for for a while. And then we should stop buying some of these you kind know, of over, you know, some of the older players who potentially don't have yeah the Williams and the Cedrics of this world who don't really have much to, to prove or just happy to come and just, you know, not really, get better because they know kind of they've got three, four years left, maybe one big contract and and that's it. Whereas these players you get two, maybe three big contracts out of. And if not, you know, maybe with the exception of Ben White, you could potentially get your money back on most of these players, if not make a make a small profit. And they're not going to be on big wages. So although I'm a bit disappointed in the fact that we didn't sell as much and yeah, especially some players I really felt we did need to move on. Um actually the wage the wage bill probably has come down quite significantly over the last year. Like Urzul's gone. I know we gave Aubameyang a big contract, but William's gone. Um Kalasinach. has gone, right? Am oh, I making it up? No, he's still Kolasinac, there.
1: Still <laughs> he's <Yeah>. still
2: there. Um well then yeah, I get, but I think in terms of like the players that we've bought in, they probably be on sensible wages. They're not going to be in ridiculous wages. So, I think we're building for something. And I, ju- I just hope that some of these gambles we've taken, players like Lukonga, Tomiyasu, Tom Tomiyasu, um, Ben White, you know, we can't really afford for too many of them to be flops. That that's the thing. Um, because with every- all these gambles, some of them will be really good. Some of them just won't work out. And, you know, if you just imagine if Ramsdale doesn't work out, if Ben White doesn't work out and Tommy Esu doesn't work out for whatever reason, that's, that's the risk you take.
1: Yeah. And I think that there, look, there's, Oh, there's one question about, you know, w- whether if there's if there's other things that we could have done in the window that I would have preferred. Like, uh, you know, I think we talked about getting a uh, a better central midfielder in, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, a more kind of ready-made for player. We talked about, you know, w- whether we should have kept Xhaka or not. We talked about that last episode. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, when we review the whole window, right, I think that, that there's a lot of very negative, very vocal, like, Arsenal fans on Twitter, and it's not helped by... I think a lot of lazy comments in the media um, at the end of the day, we spent a lot of money this window more than anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no question about investment from, you know, the, from from the top and trying to get us back to a good place. There's all these comments in the media and from some of our fans about, Oh, where's the, where's the strategy? I see no, you know, I see no like vision or whatever. Well, that's nonsense because there's, a, there's yeah, a, that is dumb. Like it's, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, there's a, it's cl- very obvious what our strategy is. It's if very odd to tell. Then it, it, there's there's almost no attention. point in us. Yeah. Oh, have I
2: crashed? No, you still have No, you there. Might as well just falling asleep. No, no, I'm doing something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, was I still there? Yeah, yeah, is carry on. on. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I just said my connection was unstable. Sorry. Was what I was saying was um, uh, what was I saying? Talking about and like, and I think there's whether you agree with the strategy or not is a different thing. Right. But there's an obvious strategy. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so, so, there's a strategy. So, whether you agree or not is different, right? So, put that to bed. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like we have people complaining, even when Edu came out and he started talking about what, what the strategy was. Before that, so many people were complaining about a lack of transparency. And he's giving mm-hmm. it. It's like if you don't like what they're saying, if you don't like what the club are doing, that's one thing. But they are trying to do something. And they are trying to execute a vision and they are trying to be transparent. And I, I agree with what you said, Aaron. And I think like th- 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 in terms of players and not affording many of them to fail, it does feel to me with every signing that we've made, there's none of them that that I look at and think, okay, that they probably didn't really think about that one.
0: Mm.
1: Right. Yeah. Because even with Ramsdale, you know, I think we, you know, I think every Arsenal fan, every like every pundit probably thought, wow, that's a bit, that's interesting or whatever. And you know what, maybe yeah. so, like, like I, I'm I'm genuinely like, you know, jury's out, let's see. Like like they are on all players, We're, you know. But, um, but at the same time, I think I saw a stat, like, for his age, there is no goalkeeper in Europe's top how many leagues who have got as many minutes under their belt as him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're probably looking at it as well and going like, he's actually exceptionally experienced for a, for a goalkeeper of his age. And you know, there's clearly different managers, different styles he's played under. He's 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 decent with his feet. He's got anyway. Don't want to labour the point. The point is, it feels like they've done research, and they've got. Ideas, and it's not just like remember that window how many years ago, right? When we just kind of went crazy after losing to Man United and yeah, all yeah. those players. It's not one of those. This wasn't one of those windows. So let's, you know, I, I'm I'm optimistic, guys. You know, I, I I genuinely am. Like, I really I really hope it works out. And I think the best thing about signing young players like this is one, the chances are most of them are going to get better. Two,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're going to have resale value unless it completely tanks. Three, like. You know, if we got rid of Arteta, let's just say, like you know, Arteta ends up getting fired, a new manager can come in, and he's got mm-hmm. young players to work with. They aren't like these players who are, you know, at twenty eight, twenty nine, where you goes, listen, I can't do anything with these guys. I can't shape them. You know, I don't want them kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, feeling pretty pretty positive.
2: Yeah, we forgot about Martin Odegaard as well. I didn't mention him earlier on as well. Like another young really, really exciting player who probably doesn't feel as new because he's played with us. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think Arteta definitely has been backed. Now, the interesting thing is, can he work with those players to turn it into something good? Because, you know, you can see, and we'll talk about the game, but you can see a situation where, like, four, five of these players might not even play. And um, he has to start playing these players now. Um, because they've come in, play them because this is a strategy. You have to execute it. You can't then bottle it and say no. I'm just going to go with Cedric at right back because I don't fancy Tommy Essie because he's inexperienced. Or I'm going to play. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to play Al in midfield, mm. not Laconga, because he's not experienced. Or even even Ramsdale. Like I'm going to stick with Leno because he, even. Even if he does start to make mistakes, I don't think he has made really made that made too many mistakes. But you know, you've you've bought this, you've bought these players, you've spent the money, you have to play them now. Um, and that's the real challenge. And you have to use them and you have to build a team around them. So I hope there has been some joined up thinking there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see some of these players in in action. I I agree with you, Aaron, as well. I think he does need to play them. And I think the other thing is as well, maybe you guys did touch on it, is there's no more excuses now. Like, there's no more excuses. I know that mm-hmm. these players are young, and I mean, it might take them some time to bed in. But we've clearly gone for certain players with Premier League experience as well, especially in a key positions like goalkeeper and centre back. They shouldn't really need too much time to bed in, and that's that's sort of the thing that I'm a little bit worried about. Is that if it doesn't work out straight away, then what happens with Arteta? We can get on to like, you know, we're going to get onto that in a bit. But um, yeah, I think that I think now. He's had a number of transfer windows. This was a pretty positive one for me, considering the incomings. Um, He's pretty much got, I would say, his team now, or as close to it. It's pretty close to it. Um, So, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, The -hmm. other thing that happened in the window, a number of things happened in this window, is a mental transfer window um, across Europe. But uh, the other thing that happened in the final couple of days, or even on the final day maybe, was obviously the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Man United. Um, I have to say I was one of the one of the fans that um, saw Fabrizio's tweet <laughs> about him going to City and I did um, jump on the bandwagon a little bit and gave a few United fans a bit of... I didn't even actually give them stick. I just put out a few tweets and that's um, uh, left me with an egg on my face and probably a number of other fans. But yeah, he's back at United. I was hoping he would just go to City and let them win the league again, but um, not ideal for us because it just feels like bloody hell we're even further behind than what we were. Um, And they've got the ability to go and just say, you know what, we don't want him to go to City. We want him. We're going to sign him uh, and put the money on the table and and, and get a deal done within a few hours, it looked like. Um, Yeah, massive, massive for the Premier League. What what were your reactions to it all?
1: I'm so intrigued to see how it pans out. I think my initial reaction was sheer Devastation because in the same way as you, Mize, I was so hyped about him going to City. <laughs> I was so hyped. You know, it's it's just that it's just so funny. Yeah, the United legend going to City and like, and you know, I don't think you know it, it may come out in the future how close that actually was. But you know, in the end, it, it kind of you know, it feels like perhaps it was just a way to get United to to get moving, and they did. They got him, and the, the, you know, the the part of me that's scared, really. Uh, do you know what? Like, it's not that I'm scared that he's going to end up scoring twenty five. 30 goals. Like, I'm not sure that he will do that. That's obviously a possibility because he's amazing. But like, I'm not sure that he will do it. It, It's just the the idea of having such a gargantuan player in the dressing room with all that experience, um, combined with the fact that they've signed Varane at the other end of the pitch, with the amount of Champions League trophies and titles that those two have got combined, it feels like the effect that they're going to be able to have on the dressing room is you know i think it's immeasurable you know it's it, and, and that's what worries me as an arsenal fan the impact that those yeah, guys yeah. could have in the dressing room but on the flip side you know it is it, bruno fernandez has become their talisman taking penalties free kicks is ronaldo going to take penalties free kicks now will that change the dynamics you know I, I don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna hope for the best i mean i, I honestly though i think overall like man united have got it all now they've got experienced players in 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 important positions, they've got young up and coming players in those positions. They've got, you know, they've they've invested so heavily. They're just a really, really good manager away from being <laughs>
2: dominant. I think to be honest, you know, yeah, I. No, it sounds silly, but I don't think Ronaldo makes Man- the Manchester United first team play better. Like it sounds ridiculous, right? Because it's Ronaldo, but I actually think United have. A really good first eleven. The way they play now, they're playing some really nice stuff. The they've got players like Greenwood, Fernandez. Just everything seems to be working out really well for them at the moment. And I think there's a risk that actually when he comes in, he might destabilize the way they play because everything right now is pretty much built around Fernandez, right? And now, do they build around Ronaldo or do they still build around Fernandez and hope Ronaldo can just fit into this system, which is going to be a bit of a challenge, I think. The downside, well, the downside for us is that having Ronaldo in your team can probably just win you nine, ten points. He'll probably win you ten points by himself at some point this season. When and we've seen this in previous games, games which I think a good United team will still lose, they might end up winning because Ronaldo will just do something special. You know, even if he's not starting every game. Can you like what? Like, like it's just such a good option to have off the bench. Like breaking Cristiano Ronaldo off the bench for the last twenty minutes I think, when I think you're nil be, nil. I
0: think he'll be starting every game though. I'd I think be very, I'd be very surprised if he signed, even though it is United and and all of that and and the sort of nostalgia aspect. I'd be surprised if he signed. You know, on the basis that he wasn't going to be starting. No, every no. Every I guess
2: game. I guess my point is, if it turns out that he is making Man United worse as a team, and he makes, and actually they they realize that hey, what we had before was good. And that's what I mean. If, even if it goes really badly wrong for him, they can still bring him off the bench, and he will still win you games. Mm. And that's what really annoys me because they're the type of games that Man United, like the Southampton game, for example, where Man United drew one all. Was it one all? Um, yeah. yeah. So. With Ronaldo on the pitch, with Ronaldo coming off the bench, he has the ability to just turn that game on its head. And he, he's not the type of player that you bring on; and he's going to cost you games. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, so they're not really. There's, it's a very low risk signing for them, I think, because for them, paying him four hundred and fifty grand a week just is relatively inconsequential. For us, if we you know signed a player costing four hundred fifty k a week with the wage bill that we have, um, that would mean we can't sign two, three other players. Um, but Man United can still afford to go and spend you know, the 50 million plus whatever through 200, 300 K a week on Sancho on Varane, for example, like people making comparisons on Varane's value versus Ben White's value. Like I think Varane's on like three, four times yeah. the wages of Ben White. Um, so it's, it's the, you know, Man United's wage bill is probably now one of the highest in the league, if not the highest. So, um, yeah, the pressures on them, they have to, they, you know, they have to be challenging for the title this season. If not, then you know, well, what is the point? Yeah, but I'm you no. Know, it's if I take my Arsenal hat off, it, it's you can see why they're excited, right? Like it's such a big signing for them.
0: I, I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I hate United as, much as the is next is. Arsenal fan, but how can you not be excited about a player like that? You know, getting to see him. like when we go to watch him at the Emirates, I'll I'll be excited to watch him. I don't know. If, yeah, if other Arsenal fans feel the same, but it's just one of those. Very, very special players, right? So,
1: yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, because you, he's just iconic. I, I, I do think, just going back to something you said, Aaron, is that uh, you said now they've got no excuse but to challenge for the Premier League title. I, I do think Man United have been getting away with some of this for the last few years. I don't know whether it's because there's so many kind of ex Man ex-Man United pros in the media or whatever. Like, I mean, they yeah, should yeah. Have, they been, have been massively they, They've been massive, the huge. <laughs> like, it's it's not it's not a joke like that you know and, and i think so this season I, look if they if they don't run them to the wire if they don't run it at, like if they are not if they are like eight points off top at the end of the season that's a massive failure
2: yeah i agree yeah because yeah, we all go on like and even man united fans do this and say that oh city have too much money chelsea have too much money but actually in terms of wages and transfer fees man united are definitely up there oh yeah um, so so yeah I mean what what are the expectations that Manchester United like they're in the Champions League they should be yeah semi-finals right like anything except that is failure um So yeah I mean it is what it is they have to they have to turn up and I can. of I hope they don't but you know let's see what happens
0: Absolutely um All right, cool. Well, we've got a game on Saturday. Like you said, Roger, you're back at the Emirates. We're back at the Emirates again. Um, I mean, there's a number of things to talk about here. Um, But I guess let's start with the setup that we think Arteta is going to go with because obviously the three at the back, question mark. Um, or question around that is, is 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 apparent again because he's obviously played three at the back in this um, friendly against Brentford last week. Um, and like you said, Raj, he seems to he seems to like, to, he seems to enjoy having players that are flexible, that can play both in two, two at the back of the three. We obviously have a few centre-backs to choose from now that Gabriel's back, Ben White's back as well. Um, but yeah, just like in terms of the setup, how you think he's going to go into this game, bearing in mind it is Norwich at home even though we've lost the first three, it is still Norwich at home. Do you predict he is going to play three at the back?
2: Can I ask a follow-up question on that, including the defenders? Who do you think is going to start in goal? Um, So, I would never in a million years thought he would go
1: three at the back. Um, But I do think it's interesting that we played a behind-closed-doors friendly and he played three at the back. Um, You know, especially... Given it was the first opportunity to play Gabrielle and White together, uh, I, I would have thought that if he was gonna go into Norwich, playing those two together at the back, then he would have just gone you know and played that formation four at the back. So honestly, like I, I think there is a good chance that we'll play through at the back. But I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go and say that we're gonna play four at the back because I can't see when we played against City, like it was so difficult for us to get any attacking potential in that system. Um, and unless it's a different type of system with, you know, three at the back, I don't know, but like, just to make it short, I'm going to say my prediction is that he'll go four at the back. My prediction is that, uh, it, my prediction is the back four defend will be Tierney, Gabrielle, white and Tommy Yasu. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe chambers and not Tommy Yossi. I don't know. I'm just going to go for Tommy Yasu now anyway. Um, in goal is an interesting one, right? Because I do think there's a chance that he'll start Ramsdale. I think that, you know, that, should, he? should uh, he? Do you know what? I think there's a lot of arguments to say that he should. I think that this notion that Ramsdale was signed to just be a backup goalkeeper for now, um, is something that I think everyone has just assumed. You know, Arteta has never come out and, you know, said, like, oh, we signed him as a backup goalkeeper. I think really I would like to assume that he's there to give genuine competition to Bernd Leno. And I get the feeling, I know Leno hasn't been terrible, but I do get the feeling there's just been this element of slight kind of complacency with him. Like, just feeling, I just get, there's something about him. There's something about how how he's carrying himself on the pitch, like, and the kind of vibe that he's giving off. You know, I think he's not as vocal as I I think, you know, I've, I've noticed him being before. He's also not committing to playing out the back which clearly Arteta like demands for him to do and it seems from that I know it was West Brom that we played and they're a championship side but Ramsdale obviously seemed very committed to the cause of playing out the back and um you know I think is it would it be unjustified if if the manager goes do you know what okay fine and you've just conceded five goals in your last game like let's give Ramsdale a shot I think the positive thing behind that actually is that leno goes there's genuine competition i think leno's almost somehow also got it in his head maybe again this is an assumption it feels like he's got it in his head that he's going to leave arsenal and he's going to get a really good move somewhere or if he's not really playing this season i'm not really sure what big move he thinks he's going to get hmm. so yeah. you know you want him to also be a bit motivated and maybe giving Ramsdale a shot is the right way to go so i'm going to just go out on a limb and i'm going to say he's going to start Ramsdale. that's
2: interesting yeah i think he I think we should start Ramsdale. I don't think he will. So I think we should because we've spent 25 million on this guy. We've gone on for the last two weeks about how the strategy is buying new young players. If we've decided that this guy is our number one, all playing Leno is going to do is take minutes off our future number one and slow down his development. So we should be finding out if Ramsdale is up to it as soon as possible. And this is a very low risk game where you find out. Um, But I don't think he will, because I think there's a lot of change in that back four. And I think having someone there who's maybe been there, done that, and Arteta does value experience sometimes too much. Um, And also I think if you drop him now, I wonder how, you know, you say, you do say like, yeah, he'll be, he'll be up for it and pushing himself to come back. But yeah, he could just as easily think, well, I'm off in maybe a year, like sod this,
0: yeah,
2: and and not push himself. Um, and whereas, if you like, it's it's then if Ramsdale does then flop, like it's very hard to then bring Leno back again because then you're in big trouble. He, like, yeah, just so, so, sorry, my oh, so,
1: all, 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 all I was just gonna say though is actually thinking about it, I wonder whether he'll look at it, Aaron, and, and think exactly what you said is in. I, is it a risk to change too much? You know, if you put Tom, Tommy Yasu in, if you put Gabriel and White never played together either and Ramsdale in into a Premier League game, is it too much? Given AFC Wimbledon, are like literally just the next week, will he think, do you know what? Let me just hold off pulling the trigger. I'll give them minutes against AFC and then we'll look at the next game against Burnley.
0: Yeah, I think that's what yeah. I are sort of going to say as well. And I'd be very surprised if he, like for me, I, I know that there's this notion that Ramsdale's been signed as a number two uh, or a backup keeper and obviously he's not right but um, I, I kind of feel like Arteta's gonna probably wait for Leno to maybe have a poor game and make a bit of a mistake and then it's almost like yeah. vindicated as to why he's dropped him like I don't feel like he
2: deserves to be dropped as our number one well yet. I don't think like, Leno's been great so far has he I mean he'd made a few really good saves but actually but then okay, so say if our backup was
0: Ospina would you say he deserves to be dropped?
2: No. That's yeah, so. That's so. It's
0: basically- yeah, yeah. I don't mean. So. So I'm just going on how he's performed. He's. Yeah. Right. He's not been great, but I don't think he's been awful or terrible. He's been like dropping clangers, basically.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah.
0: So I'd be fr- quite surprised if um, Ramsdale starts on. On Saturday, and like you said, Raj, we've got the League Cup game coming up as well. So it's a good opportunity for him to to play in that. And I think Aaron and on your point about sort of taking minutes away from him, it's a it's an interesting one. But you could also argue that you know this guy has hopefully got a career with us that's going to span five years, ten years, I don't know, you know, a number of years. And so it's quite a long term move. So him to not start or play in the first few Premier League games, is that too too much of a big deal? I don't, I don't know. I also don't think Tommy Asu is going to start on uh, Saturday as well. I'd be quite surprised if he puts him straight in exactly for what you, what, I, can't, I can't remember um, who said it, but um, you know White and Gabriel probably playing together for the first time, possibly switching to a back three as well. Um, if he does that, then that's probably a new combination of centre-backs. I'd be surprised if he changes that much. Um, no, at the same time, like no as well. Do you
2: not feel that look? We are we've gone on all summer about how we're doing a rebuild, mm. and I kind of feel like you just have to commit to it now and say these are the players we've we've brought in. And when you lost three in a row as well, it's like <laughs>
1: you yeah. you sort of feel like you might as well. No, like, what 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 have you got to lose? Like, oh, no, you I'm, say not, like, I'm not going to oh,
0: what uh, I would do because I would probably no, play no, Rantele myself. As in, I yep. want to see him probably want to see Tomoyasu play although I don't know much about him but I'm just going on what I think Arteta is going to like it was yeah.
2: likely to do but ultimately this goes back to what I said earlier like we've we know the status quo what we've got isn't good enough it consistently lets us down this is the reason why we've committed to this rebuild now you've got new players in you know Arteta can't bottle this rebuild either and say oh well I, I'm really going to go for the, the short-term win um, but I don't. I don't,
0: and, I don't. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but I don't think uh, if he doesn't play some of these players in one game, I don't. And after they've just signed for the club, I don't think that's him bottling it. That might just right, be like, even yeah, even. Arsen Wenger used to do the same. Like we'd sign players, um and they wouldn't necessarily just be chucked straight into the first team. It was very rare that he did that. To be fair, he'd always kind of yeah. integrate them slowly.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I guess if if we're here and we're still having this discussion in a week, two weeks. Then I think I'd feel differently. Yeah, yeah, fair enough.
0: Okay. All right, cool. So, obviously, we've kind of said what we think or how we think the, the, the back four, five are going to line up. Um, obviously, we know no Xhaka. So, we're we assuming it's Lakonga, Parte. Assuming Parte back, he looks like he's fit. He's back in full training. So, he's going to put him straight in. I think he has to, really, doesn't he?
2: If he's fit, yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Bit of, a, bit of a worrying one, that because. Uh, I remember the Spurs game. Was it the Spurs game last season where he came back yeah. from injury and he got thrown in? He rushed and, him back. And then he got injured in the first half. And he seems to not have not had a great record with us. So fingers crossed he actually has a run of games now because we haven't really seen him at full flow yet. Um, then I guess it's sort of the front four that he's got a few options. He's got a few choices to make. Obviously, Saka's been, I was going to say busy on international duty. I mean, it's been quite an intensive um international yeah. break hasn't it I guess Saka's only played the one game I don't know if he came on today or not but he played played the game the other day and obviously played really well but you'd expect him to start are we thinking bamiyang ESR and Erdegaard? does Pepe have a chance does yeah Akaza I think
2: ESR chance? was ill midweek so he didn't play yeah, for the saw, ones, he, but yeah he got sent home they maybe. said it's not COVID so that's good um yeah I think it's I think the team picks itself and then you bring Pepe off the bench but um, you want to mix it up a bit uh, no, I'd, I'd disagree. I disagree. I'd def- I'd start Pepe. I, I know that he hasn't probably
1: been great like for the first few games, but no one has, really. Um, I, but who do you drop? Well, I think, firstly, given I didn't actually know the ESR uh, was ill, I didn't know ESR was ill, so I don't know whether because of that then you know, by default he's the one who drops out. Um, I, I'm still not adverse to us just giving Saka – a bit more of a break and just not starting him as often for the first kind of couple of months. Just given England or whatever, I, I do think we need to look at the long term kind of management of a player like Saka. Um, so, so in that respect, if if say if ESR is available, I really wouldn't mind going in with um, ESR, Odegaard, Pepe, and Aubameyang up front. Uh, I I sort of get the feeling that like if we're not going to start trusting Pepe as a as a starter as a, as a as kind of, you know, arguably our main man, then we probably need to think quite seriously about whether we want to cash in on him. Um because I feel like we've 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 kind of been patient, you know, the club have let him settle in and 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 now he should be good to go and explode. And it felt like he exploded towards the back end of last season. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of feel like that we just got to maintain that momentum and, and 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 let
2: him go for it and support him. So then by saying that, if you think Pepe should be our main man, mm. are you saying Smith-Rowe shouldn't be? Well, I don't
1: think Smith-Rowe and Saka should be playing every single game week in, week out yeah, because yeah, of their right. age. Um, but I mean, you could argue it's similar for Odegaard, but I guess he's... A, is Odegaard and ESR, I think, the same age, right? So I think you're going to have to rotate these guys anyway. Like, uh, So I don't think it will be too much of a problem, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Right. And, and I think sometimes tactically you know the game might dictate who we who we should play or shouldn't but i you know i I feel with pepe though it's just got to be a case where you to point at him and go like every single game it doesn't matter who we play like you need to be a difference maker in this game you're in the peak of your career like you you literally there's no excuse like go do it and i think they need to like almost put the chalice down to him like right and just kind of really 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 um support and pressurize him if you you know what i mean like i think both things are can be done Mm. um I don't want to really want to see him kind of go to a bench player at the beginning of you know, now at this stage of the season. I really want to see him out there um, scoring goals. And I, I, I mean what I say. Like I think last season I said, like I, I think that if he maintained the form that he did towards the back end of last season, and then he's a guy who can get you 20 goals. <laughs> he genuinely can get you 20 goals. So I, mean, I don't know how much he got last season, 15, 16? Something like that in all comps. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of it was Europa League, but yeah, maybe right. But then he only only had half a good season, right? So, (laughs) like, uh, really, yeah, Uh, maybe it's more out of the fact that I'm just desperate for him to do well, and I feel like he needs to show up that I want him to play. Like, you know, so yeah, that's what I would do. I would I would start him in one of ESR or Saka. I would I would bench based on whoever's fitness management wise.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, How about you, Mize? What's that front four or Pepe or
1: yeah? What, what would you do? Would you would you start? Up I, I kind
0: of, I kind of agree or not? Kind of I do agree with the point that you made, Raj, about playing like the reliance on ESR and Saka, both of them. Considering both of them um is is a bit worrying, I guess. And I think he does need to sometimes change it up, especially you know, like you said, Aaron, it's a low risk game, right? So I think he can afford to maybe yeah, go enough, Pepe. yeah. I think Urdegaard's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, And I think ESR Mm -hmm. is the one, like I said, if he's ill one, I read that as well, that he got sent home, you know, I don't know, he's he's probably not going to play too much. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, I would like to see Pepe as well, exactly what you said, said Raj. I think he's one of these players that he does seem to turn it on against some of the more poorer teams in the league as well. Like we saw against like Brighton at the end of last season, I think it was the last game or second last game. And, he, was, um, he, was, he did really well that game and I um, think got a goal or two. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I'd probably go... I'd still probably play Saka because he only played the one game in in, in the international break. abameyang through the middle, Pepe right and um, Erdegaard behind. But, yeah, I mean, it leads nicely on to kind of... Um, how do we think the game's going to go? And I guess what are the implications if it if it doesn't go well? Um, like... Do, so let's just let's just say we don't with really, let's say we draw the game. Is that Arteta out for you guys? Like would you is that in your minds is that he he should go if we can't
2: beat Norwich at home? I would almost tempted to say yes. <laughs> I guess it's how many chances do you give him? And where do you draw the line and do you see this you know this as being Okay well you know mistakes can happen against Norwich let's go and give him another chance to put it right against Burnley and Spurs and Brighton I think um or do you say well no this is the fourth chance you've had this season fair enough we lost to Chelsea and City but you we dropped points and we had a yeah we had enough to beat Brighton um, Brent, Brentford we didn't and then we also had enough to beat Norwich we didn't like how 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 many more chances do you give him and I think it's uh, if we don't beat Norwich, then certainly that's his last like his penultimate life used up. I think and he has one chance left and then if we drop points against Burnley as well, then I think he's out of excuses.
1: I think the you know the debate that we've had on the last couple of episodes about results performances, I think, I think Norwich will be a case where one of those things could save him. If he gets a result. Doesn't matter if the performance is bad. I think if he gets the result, absolutely fine. I think if we put in a magnificent performance and it looks like oh my god, everything's just come together, but for whatever reason, I know we're hitting the bar, the keepers having you know the uh, absolute blinder, and and yeah. we draw. Let's just say, then I think okay, I think that's fine. But I don't think that he can get away with a average performance and not getting three points. I, if I was the board, if I would look at that and go, there's something that is genuinely wrong now. Like you could give him an excuse for the first few games, Brentford bad result, but three strikers injured at the last minute, Chelsea, Man City, Champions League finalists, you know. But you can't now. You've had an international break. You have got all these players and whatever. Blah blah blah. Norwich at home, you've got to win. Yeah. If he doesn't do it, it, it goes back to a debate that we were having last season when the times was bad. The times were bad. If he doesn't beat Norwich and it's not a good performance, what makes us think that he's going to beat Burnley away?
2: Mm, yeah, exactly. And look, look, on paper, Norwich at home is literally the easiest game of the season. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't get easier than this. Fair enough. City and Chelsea are probably two of the hardest games. City away is probably the hardest game of the season. But this is the easiest game. It doesn't get easier than this. This is the minimum standard. And <laughs> if, if you can't do it, and like, like you said, if it's a freak result and we have 15 shots on target, then fine. But I really, really want to see a performance more than a result. Um, because even if if we start scraping these 1-0 wins, what what is, what is there to get excited about? And what is there to convince us that Arteta can improve some of these young players to help us actually make a step up in terms of where we want to be as a team? Hmm.
0: It's interesting. I think on Saturday I'll definitely just take the result. I'll take the result. Um, I'll take the three points, get us off the bottom of the table, hopefully, and then almost look for Arteta to build from that. Um and the performances I'm kind of happy to wait for as long as we're not falling further and further. How long how long, how long are you prepared to wait? Well, if he's winning okay, if he's winning majority of the games, like if we go and beat Norwich one nil, beat Burnley one nil, beat Spurs one nil he can have, he can have, he can have, a, you know, he's, he, it gives him a pretty, uh, it, it, I think, I think that gives him probably, I don't know, maybe even the rest of the season, because I think, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot to, from the start that we've had, the number of new players that have come in, sort of the changes in the team, etc. maybe even moving to a back three. It's a lot of change and I'm not making excuses for him, but I feel like let the results come first and then, almost that breeds confidence within the team. Players start scoring again. Young starts scoring again, you know, whatever. And um, from that, hopefully, the performances start
2: to turn as well. And we start to see what he's trying to implement in terms of an actual strategy. That's what I mean, right? So the strategy and seeing what he's trying to implement. But if, let let me pick a hypothetical scenario here. Let's say we have that kind of season, a bit like the end of last season, where we win win games 1-0, 2-1, beat the teams we sort of should do we don't really play well and finish sixth this season um but throughout that season it's just basically what we did last season towards the end of it where we're just about good enough in most of the games
0: if we, if we do what we did towards the end of last season we'd probably finish second or third right in terms of results so as in like if you're talking about results only and performance is a are- not particularly great and um, Yeah, but I
2: think the second play. half of last season was also like massively like the other teams weren't really performing that well either, right? This year we're assuming Chelsea will step up, Man United will step up, Mac City will continue to be good, Liverpool will continue to be good. Well largely. Um
0: hmm. I sort of disagree a little bit. I like- because I was just, I mean, like, like you mentioned some of those teams. Like, Chelsea had a really good end to the season. They weren't in the top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair, Liverpool yeah, fair
2: were, like, yeah, hours I guess, away and ended up... Putting, my point is, like, last season, we knew we were we were getting results. We were getting just about enough results. We lost the odd game here and there. Um, but, personally, I didn't think it was, performance-wise, very good. But we, we just got by. Yeah. And I would want to see more than that. I would want to see the plan of how we are going to start to become a top four team come together at some point. But you can even
1: look at, if you just take the situation now, um, we've lost three games on the bounce. You can imagine confidence is probably quite low. Yeah. And so even if actually there is a style and there's whatever that, that is starting to be ingrained in the plays that they've not been able to exhibit yet. I wonder whether they
2: just need a win to get confidence going. Yeah, Fair enough for tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sorry for Saturday. That's fine. But at some point you've, we need to start seeing this plan come together of like, is Arteta the guy that can actually take us to that next level or is he just going to help us maintain being a a 7th, 6th, 8th place club?
0: I I completely agree with that, but I don't know if you're necessarily going to see that in you know, a game like Saturday where it's almost like a must win for him to save his job. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. then you go to a, like a Burnley away type of game where it's going to be a scrappy game. It's going to be a physical game, which we're notoriously not particularly comfortable with. So therefore you're almost like, let's just take, you know, let's take what we can get. If we can even get a draw, you'd probably take that, to be honest, with the way things are at the moment. And then you go into a North London derby where, again, you want to see a great performance and you want to see us kind of trounce Spurs like we used to, but that doesn't happen anymore. And Spurs are a decent team. So again, you sort of take any win if it's a north london derby you take any win it doesn't matter so i completely agree with you you do want to see those kind of signs of what is he trying to do and are we going to be playing football that we yeah. enjoy going to watch you know we're paying money we want to go and watch a team that we enjoy watching and playing attractive football but that i'm not i'm not necessarily i wouldn't be unhappy if we don't see that in the next Four or five weeks, but we do turn the season around in terms of results. I think
2: I'd be yeah, fair uh, enough. I mean, look, look, let's, be, let's be real. At the end of the day, we're bottom of the league. <laughs> we need to start winning games, regardless. So, let's not. You know, beggars can't be choosers. I guess
0: it's probably out. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good way of putting it.
2: I think also because of being Arsenal
1: fans and coming through the Wenger era, like I think our notion of you know performances is really skewed. You know, like yeah. I, I, I'm not sure we'll ever under Arteta like get the kind of like, you know, free flowing performances that I think, you know, we were sort of brought up with. Um, mm. So I wonder if that obviously works in, works against him in that way that, that actually, cause at the end of the day, look, if we're winning games, it means we're scoring goals. And if we're scoring goals, like, you know, we, we would have had to do something right to put the ball in the net, you know? And uh, I, I wonder whether like we'll ever really see uh, a really free flowing side. Um, but, at the end of the day i do think that he's got to keep he's got to keep looking at himself and going i can't make excuses anymore if you look at nuno who's come into tottenham and he's done what arteta did when arteta came in which is basically just kind of go how do i get results how do I set us up to just get some results, and and that and and then you have to go through an evolution, and you don't get to do that anymore. He, you can't just set them up just for kind of short term results. So look, I, I think I think what's clear from our conversation right now is is a bit grey. He needs results and he needs performances, um, and, and it's kind of as simple as that, really. Uh, and and the reason for that is he's had four windows.
0: Yeah. Yep. Fair point.
2: Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent.
0: All right. Cool. Um, right. So, let's. I mean, we're going to the game. I think it's the first. Yeah, it's gonna be the first game that all four of us are gonna be at. Is Nero coming? I think he's coming. Yeah, he's coming. Right? Is he? I think
1: he's coming. I don't know. He's been a bit quiet, but he, he's
0: coming. He's, he's, um, he's yeah, busy, as we know, but he's uh, piling up in. I think he's in Ibiza at the moment. So. Oh, is he? I think so yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. That's that. why he's quiet. That's why he's quiet. <laughs> Who knows what he's getting up to? But. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's assume all four of us again, which will be very, very nice. Um, I'm really looking forward to it from the social aspects. Obviously we had the Chelsea game. I know Raji you weren't there and it was a bit weird because we, I don't know how you felt Aaron, but we went to that game obviously. So just completely buzzing, you know, full crowd. Yeah. Um, but we all went into it probably not really expecting a very good result and that's what we were given. Um, whereas this is very, very different. We're going into this game expecting a win. Um, so yeah, I mean like, how do you guys think it's going to go? What do you, what are your predictions?
2: Are your predictions? I am, um, and just general thoughts on you know. I think anything else. I could regret this. I think Saturday is going to be the day it all comes together. Okay. And we will win four <laughs> nil.
0: Blimey! Four nil! Wow! Confident. Uh, so yeah, you're right. You're right. 4-1.
2: four <laughs> one. <4-1. laughs>
0: Even that's quite surprising. I'm very surprised you have yeah, score four goals. But okay, I like the optimism. To be fair, it's good.
2: I, I mean, that's all I've got left. Like otherwise, you know. So you, you think it'll be a
0: good performance and solid win? You know, comfortable basically. I
2: think good performance. One goal from Tommy Yasu, One goal. From, oh one goal from Ramsdale. Uh, Ryan Ramsdale, yeah. And I don't know. And then Kalasnatch coming on. To support. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm really. I'm. I'm quite. I'm quite concerned. I, I don't think it's going to... Why are you
2: concerned? I don't think it's going I mean, I know be... we're bottom of the league, but...
1: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, I'm concerned? concerned more like, I don't think that it's going to be a... Um, I don't think he's going to go to the boys and say, take the handbrake off. Like, he's yeah, just not that should... kind of manager. And like, and I think that the fact that a lot of these players are fairly new and they're going to be playing with each other for the first time, I think there's a work... That it, it doesn't necessarily work in his favour. Like, I think... I'm going to go... The, I'm going to say that we're going to win 1-0 um i don't i don't think that we're gonna just it's still a premier league game it's still there's still a premier league team a team that deserve to get promoted um look man like we saw what happened against brentford um and norwich are going to come into this game going 've lost three games on the bounce like we can do this we've got nothing to have norwich
2: norwich have lost every game haven't
1: they? yeah but like 19, they're literally one place above us. yeah but mate like but yeah. they're, they're not meant to be any good like That's and they're exactly obviously going to look that. at it and go what, is, is there a better time to play Arsenal, right? Like, so they've got nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. We've got everything to lose.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with that. But at the same time, if you can't take the handbrake off against Norwich at home, when, when are you going to take it off? But when has he ever taken the handbrake off? I don't know. This is the problem, right? Yeah. I don't think he is a, that kind of manager, though. I'm not sure that... But not... Okay, fair enough. Handbrake off, you know, put the centre-backs up front. But <laughs> like, surely you go for it. But what do you mean go for this? Again, I I'm worried that we are used to the Arsene Wenger go for it. But not the Arsene Wenger go for it. But like Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, like even Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, they don't they they, you know, they try and they play attacking football, and if there's a choice between should we leave a man back or should we send a man forward, they send a man forward against Norwich at home.
1: Yeah, but I think that all three of those managers are attacking managers. And Altea yeah. um, is. I, I, there's nothing that I've seen so far that makes me think he's an attacking manager. Like for, for me, think he's, he's a defensive manager. I think, yeah, yeah. I, th- <laughs> okay. I think he's. If I was to say one or the other, I'd call him a defensive manager for sure. I think his first and foremost, he's like structure, 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 structure. Like I think he really, really like is is focused on the details of structure and space, and like I don't think he wants to give too much creative freedom to our players and I think to a certain extent like Guardiola perhaps does something somewhat similar but I think because he knows he's just got world-class players in every position he probably does allow them a little bit but I think Arteta is a bit more kind of control freaky um you know I'm not saying he's Diego Simeone levels like but Arteta strikes me more put it this way Arteta strikes me more as an Italian kind of manager than
2: than kind okay. of you know those right. interesting yeah yeah uh, even the Italian managers take the handbrake off again. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> we well,
0: never know. In a few weeks' time, yeah. we might even find out if. Um,
2: yeah. If, if but do you think he'll be worried? Like, I mean,
1: do you think he'll be worried and go if I take the handbrake off? Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: And if I lose, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. You can't play like that. I, I understand so, why. Yeah. But you, you can't. But do you not
1: think he might think if I keep the handbrake on, I might still win one nil, two nil, or whatever? like it's Norwich. <laughs> <sighs> I,
0: I know, I know, I can see your frustration, Aaron, and I kind of, I, I, I can, I can, <laughs> I, I kind of agree with both of you. It's what he should be doing versus what he's going to do, and I think I probably agree with Raj that I don't think he's just going to kind of go all guns blazing in the first half. I can see it being a pretty crappy first half, maybe just ending in a draw, and then he kind of goes for it a little bit more in the second half with a few subs. Um, and yeah, maybe sneaks a one nil or a two one or something like that. that.
2: Are you guys saying he should do that, or you think he'll do that?
0: No, I think he will do that.
2: Yeah, exactly. That. You, yeah, I'm not saying you he think should. He should
1: no, I don't think he should. No. And
0: I think the fans might make a difference. The, the thing with the fans is right. Obviously, they're, they're now on. Obviously, a number of Arteta out fans. You see it on Twitter, and I guess I don't know how many of those fans are actually match going fans, but you know this is the game now it's almost like that that pivot point or that tipping tipping point where if we don't like if we go to like let's say we go one nil down like i can see the fans starting to turn i don't know about you guys and then
2: again i think it depends on the performance right if we Mm. if we like if it's like if it's like brent brentford Mm. then yeah 100 percent
0: well, what, because, I mean, like, okay, let's say we're going going at them and we're like missing chances, like yeah, the goalkeeper's having an absolute like stormer, and then they just go down the other end and score from a corner
2: or something or whatever. I still, think I don't think the fans like, will turn. I don't know. I don't think. I think what match going fans can see, like if we've literally created four or five really good chances, we're going at them, they score, and then we continue to keep going at them. I think the atmosphere will be really this, positive. This
0: is where the results. The, this is where my argument about the result matters more at the moment because the fans just want to. Get, like, you don't, if you got, if you come out if you come out of that game against you know Norwich at home and you're still bottom of the table and they they've now got three points, it's like doesn't matter how well you played to a certain extent.
2: It is, but like against against Brentford, we weren't like, oh my god, how have we lost that game? Yeah, no, yeah. We were like, we deserve to lose that game, or we we weren't at it. If, but if we. Like, I remember there was one game, I think it was that Wolves game at, away when we should have been 5-0 up oh at halftime. Don't remind And then David Luiz did something yeah, stupid, yeah. right? It wasn't even like, that bad, to be honest. It wasn't even that bad, right? That, I was just like, okay, well, we've lost that game, but we played really well. Yeah. And I was okay. Like, I was annoyed, but not with the manager. Yeah. Like, if that happens... But, yeah, okay. It'll be okay. But we
0: went into that Wolves game, probably not necessarily expect... Like, it wasn't like we were demanding a win from that game. Like, you demand a win from every game, right? But we probably went into that Wolves game. Wolves away is not the easiest of games so uh, you know if we if we'd have come out of the game with a draw you probably wouldn't be too unhappy whereas this is a game that he absolutely has to win by hook or by crook like i just don't yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I don't
2: know i think yeah you're right the pressure if we lose that game will be incredible and there will be fans that think right well that's like the, no excuse there'll be, you it'll have it'll be
0: massive boos right? right yeah, yeah. So if we lose on um,
2: Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at the end of the day the chances of us absolutely
1: hammering them but still losing that statistically that very, very, very rarely happens anyway. Right. So the chances are if we lose, like like put it it this way, like it shouldn't even be a case where it's close. Yeah. And I think that's the point, right? Like it shouldn't even be a case. Like, so so we need the, we do need the result. Yes. Cool. But if we don't, if if we draw or we lose, the chances are that our performance was levels just were not good enough. like, and, yeah. and, and I'd worry, and I'd worry if I was the board, I'd look at that and go, what, come on, man. Like help me out a little bit here. Right. You know, yeah. so. Mm. But I think we'll win. I think we'll win one nil.
0: Cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not all that confident. I'm kind of feeling a bit like Raj is. Um, but I think we'll somehow get a win. I'll probably go two one. I think it'll be quite a late, lateish winner um which i'll take i'll absolutely take that um and it'll be nice to get a late winner when you're at the game right because uh, mm. it's always fun to win a game like that um all right boys very very good chat uh i guess we'll see everyone after the norwich game uh mm. but until then thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you soon take care bye bye